It is the 200 level episode 213, 27 year itch. Why 27 year itch? 2027, that's Brad Underwood's extension that he just signed today, or at least it was announced today. We're going to get into that. Brad Underwood staying with the Illinois basketball program for the foreseeable future, and this is something that I think probably has unanimous support among Illinois fans. I know that when I saw it, it wasn't surprising, but to be honest, it was a little bit off the radar because I've been so focused on football, as we all have, much to our chagrin. So we get some good news here on this Thursday afternoon. It is September 16th. I'm in the basement, and if it sounds at all like I'm talking a bit different or a more calm kind of delivery today, it is on purpose. We got a show Friday night, Grange Grove, before the Illinois-Maryland game. So Decadence, that's my original band. We've been together for 10, 11 years now. We're really excited to play outside. It looks like a beautiful night. So if you're going to the game, go to Grange Grove. We're playing between 6 and 7.30 on the southwest corner, basically the corner of First and Kirby, but inside of those Grange Grove fences. So we got that tomorrow. Two sets on Saturday up at Ultra Brewing in Downers Grove. So if you're a suburbanite, come out to Ultra Brewing Company. We got Decadence at 6 on Saturday, and then our Tom Petty Tribute Band at 745. All told, four and a half hours of music, four and a half hours of singing. So I got me my uh, throat coat tea and honey, and I'm talking in this low sort of delivery. I'm going to do this in school tomorrow and see how that goes with the kids. Um, All right. It's been an eventful week. Personally, real quick, uh, there was something that happened around the school yesterday. There was a, a shooting near where I teach. It was, it doesn't look like anything school related right now, but, um, you know, I got sixth graders and some of them were outside at PE when this happened. You know, the staff, the PE teachers especially did a phenomenal job getting them inside. Um, but nonetheless, a bit shaken from what happened yesterday. So this week, you know, I was going to record one Wednesday evening and just wasn't in the mindset to do it, if I'm being completely honest. And you couple that rather uh, big moment. I mean, I've never had a moment like that as a teacher and, and hope to never have it again. Uh, you couple that with the fact that Illinois football just isn't very good. So it was actually fortuitous timing in terms of the podcast that Brad Underwood gets this extension. Okay, cool. Something to talk about other than Illinois likely losing to Maryland. And uh, it got me a little bit out of the doldrums today with sports. So thank you, Josh Whitman and Brad Underwood for that. Um, you know, it, it's weeks like this where what happened at school yesterday, especially, um, and on the heels of, you know, the 9-11 memorial stuff, and we've been watching a documentary about that, you know, talk about perspective. um, It it kind of puts everything into perspective, where the game Saturday, Virginia, well, whatever. What does it really matter? That all said, it is a sports podcast, and I love doing it. So it's nice to be back down here in the basement for what will be a shorter podcast, but nonetheless, we do have things to talk about. That was maybe a bit of an all-over-there kind of preamble, but again, here are the key points. Decadence is playing before the game tomorrow at Grange Grove, southwest corner of Grange Grove from 6 to 7.30. That's why I'm talking all funny like this. And uh, yeah, it has been a crazy week, so let's get back to sports, and we'll start in just a minute with the Brad Underwood extension. Before we get too far into this, a reminder, the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe. 15 years they've been around, 2006. I remember it well when they opened. 
It was a fixture for us back in college. It still is for U of I students, but also for people all over Champaign-Urbana, whether it's a business lunch or you want to order out while you're watching football on the weekends. DP Doe delivers anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. Go online to dpdoe.com. Fourth and Kirby, online at fourthandkirby.com. You can use coupon code 200LEVEL for 10% off your order at fourthandkirby.com. They got plenty of swag for your tailgate apparel. So I got my football shirts, two of them, actually. The big guy, one, and the 80s Illinois football helmet. I think I got to get big guy, two. I love that series of shirts. Plus some other cool ones like a Brandon Lloyd t-shirt. Let's see, a Corey Bradford t-shirt with basketball season coming up. So get your swag today. This is vintage-inspired Illini apparel at fourthandkirby.com. State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. He's my guy. He can be your guy. Life, auto, home, business renters, you name it. Brian and his staff will hook you up with great service and, of course, great low State Farm prices. Brianismyguy.com. Finally, Rector Construction Online at RECTORConstruction.com for all your exterior home needs. So this could be anything from some siding to maybe some roofing stuff to decks and patios. Go online to RECTORConstruction.com and you can see some of the projects they've been doing. Expert craftsmanship, great customer service. I mean, you might even speak to our buddy Isaac. He might be the one to pick up the phone. That is RECTORConstruction.com. Also got to thank Alani Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. Uh, Just a reminder, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcast. A lot of you have done that. It's a huge help because it helps people find us when they're searching for Alani Podcast. Um, You know, the listenership has been great. Even with this, uh, you know, I was texting with Isaac today because he started a podcast. It's called East of First, and you can find it wherever podcasts are available. And he asked me, you know, did your listeners go down in the last couple weeks? And yeah, compared to the Nebraska win, I mean, here's the thing. The Nebraska game, the post-Nebraska podcast is the number one podcast we've ever done. More than after the Michigan basketball game last year. More than after the Big Ten tournament. The number one was when we beat Nebraska. Don't tell me Illini fans don't love their football. I mean, we would come in droves if we were good. Unfortunately, most of the time we are not. But Isaac asked me about that, and I said, yeah, you know, this is what happens. And, you know, we're probably running about 75% of what we were that first week when we got the win against Nebraska and everyone's feeling great. Yeah, of course it's changed. And I think that we've noticed, and he's noticing it now, starting his podcast up in its first year and going back to the radio days. I can remember that the text lines were not quite as full after two or three losses in a row. You know, maybe after the first one, there's some catharsis and anger. But eventually, you get tired of being angry. And I think a lot of my fans are just kind of exhausted. So, with today's news about Brad Underwood receiving a contract extension, it was a nice little reminder that we do, in fact, have at least one good thing going with Illini sports, and that is, or I should say Illini Revenue Sports. There's plenty going on well with other Illinois programs. This is from the official statement from the University of Illinois. University of Illinois Director of Athletics Josh Whitman announced Thursday an extension for men's basketball head coach Brad Underwood pending approval by the Board of Trustees at its September 23rd meeting. The new agreement will keep Underwood on a six-year contract through the 26-27 season. Underwood's proposed contract will move his total annual compensation into the top 10 nationally. It is fully guaranteed through the next four seasons with his buyout, what he would owe the university to accept employment elsewhere, increasing as well. 
The contract will also include bonus opportunities for achievement in the NCAA tournament and other agreed-upon metrics. Here's a quote from Josh Whitman. It was just four years ago that we brought Coach Underwood here with the vision he and I shared of returning Illinois basketball to national prominence, and he has delivered. The everyday guys culture, you know I love it, he has developed, defines our locker room, and permeates every facet of the program. Coaches' tenets of hard work, accountability, toughness, and team-first mindset are just a few of the principles he has instilled in our student-athletes. Coach, his staff, and the players have relentlessly maintained their high expectations, and the results have followed, culminating with their most victories in the Big Ten Conference over the last two years, a 2021 Big Ten Tournament title and an NCAA Tournament number 1 seed. This goes on here from Josh Whitman. These are significant achievements, and yet, knowing Brad as I do, he remains focused on the future, determined to elevate our program to new heights. This goes on for a little bit. All right, let's see if there's a quote from Underwood here. Let's see. Before I get to basketball, on behalf of my wife Susan and her children, it's important I mention how thankful we are for how the U of I community has embraced our family. It is the honor of a lifetime to be the head coach here at the University of Illinois. I'm proud of our players and staff for what we've accomplished to to date, but to be blunt, that's over. We are in a hyper-competitive climate where anyone who rests in accomplishments gets left behind. All right, more quotes and, uh, you know, well-written and lofty expectations indeed. And that continues this year. It is amazing the difference Kofi returning makes. (laughs) I think before Kofi would return, I was looking at a roster with Corbello, Trent Frazier, DeMonte, Plummer, thinking, I don't know who our big guy is, but I still think that's a tournament team. And in all likelihood, it might have cracked the top 25 based on your backcourt. And the fact that Andre Corbello elevates the guys that he passes the ball to, namely big dudes. So I think it would have worked itself out and it would have continued a pretty good thing here. But it is different, and in a good way, it is different that Kofi is back. You get to be another uh, you know, elite top 10 team for one more year, And that would make two straight years where you are a top 10 caliber team, potentially top five if everything goes right again this year. That is something that you want to keep going. And there are question marks I have, I guess, with this uh, current staff. And that is mostly because we haven't seen these three assistants and Coach Underwood work together. The early returns are good. And the 2022 class looks like it will be very strong. So long-term, you feel better about this thing than you probably did back in April when Antigua was leaving along with Chin Coleman and Kofi's future was very much in the air, as was anybody else because it felt for maybe the month after you lost to Loyola like the wheels were coming off. The first thing I got to give Brad Underwood credit for in this offseason is keeping those wheels from falling off. And that is not easy to do. It was a tsunami of bad news, beginning with the Loyola game, which I think he and the staff back then were very much accountable for. It was disappointing, and it put a sour taste in everybody's mouth. However, now that we get to sit here and look at a roster that is fully loaded, and we get to look at a future recruiting class in 2022 and likely beyond that will be consistently top 20 nationally, it looks like you have steadied the ship when the waters were a bit rough, you know, and that's what was so crazy about the way last season ended is that it was such a euphoric rise. And then just this, you know, air coming out of the balloon in a matter of two hours on a Sunday afternoon, it was over. And then thinking for about a month that maybe this whole thing was over in that you had one elite year, you didn't really make anything of it. 
and now you would return to maybe Purdue levels of good. Now, I would take that. But you were not paying Brad Underwood top 10 salary to be Purdue levels of good. You're paying him that salary to be Bill Self at Illinois good. Do I think he can do that? I think so. And that's maybe a bit lofty to compare him to a Hall of Fame coach. But this year is essential for that because you get a bit of a do-over. I know I was not on the team. That is a huge loss. I don't want to downplay that. But you do get a bit of a do-over in that the early exit in the NCAA tournament, I would hope, is fodder enough for this team when they get back into the oven for fall practices and they can carry that throughout the season. This is a team that can make a deep run. They are every bit as likely to make a deep run as last year's team. Maybe even more so, I think, because you have a proven commodity now, a point guard who I think will be leaps and bounds better than what he was even last year. And again, if that's too lofty, I understand, but I don't think it's hyperbole talking about Curbelo. And that's yet another example, and the list is getting longer, of really good players that Brad Underwood has brought in. And that list looks to continue to get longer with next year's recruiting class and beyond. This was probably something Whitman had to do. I remember thinking as Illinois made their rise last year that you know this might actually be a coach that could go elsewhere. And maybe a blue blood would look at Brad Underwood as a guy that has only had success anywhere he's been. And if you're on the outside looking in, you know, here we were experiencing it firsthand, this rise from his first year to his fourth year. But if you were on the outside looking in, it's almost all the more impressive. You know, you weren't living through those first and second years where you lost more games in a second year than any other Illinois team in history. Some of those games by a lot. And this meteoric rise to us, while it felt great, it felt amazing. Don't get me wrong. It almost looks better on paper than it even felt in person. Go to his Wikipedia page and look at that coaching record. And, you know, this is what always strikes me about elite coaches is you can find a Coach K, for example, when he went to Duke and a fairly quick rise uh, from a program that was okay, I suppose. I'd have to look at their history, but he very quickly turned them into something and then he kept them there. And then you look at Brad Underwood, what he did at Illinois, and you see the win totals just skyrocket through the roof. Then all of a sudden, he's getting a Big Ten tournament title, and he's got the one seed in the NCAA tournament. Now he's starting to get actual accolades and thinking, well, this seems to be trending up. And it, you know, it's not just trending up if you look at it from a numbers perspective. It was exponential growth. Now, it came to a screeching halt. And if you think about years three and four for Underwood, and really, let's say mid-January 2020, so the last two months of his third season, and most of the fourth season. That was a crazy run of Illini basketball. Not just that you won a bunch of games, but the dramatic fashion in which you won these games and the fact that you had star power. And then in year four, the emergence of another superstar in Andre Curbelo. So this is worthy of an extension. You are relevant. You're nationally relevant again. I hope that can continue when Kofi leaves and I think inevitably when Andre Curbelo leaves because I do think he's a pro, maybe undersized, but the guy just has it. He will be in the league. I'd be shocked if he wasn't. And that would be three guys in Brad Underwood's first three or four classes that are likely first-round picks. I'm assuming... I'm assuming that Kofi coming back does just wonders for him in terms of his draft stock. I think it will. He gets a whole year to be the guy. And unlike a Luca Garza, I do think that Kofi's athleticism 
and just sheer strength. I think someone would take a flyer on a first-team All-American, which I'm presuming Kofi will be this year, on a first-team All-American that maybe leads his team to a conference title and a deep run in the tournament. I mean, keep in mind, Io, after a sophomore year, even if they go the tournament, I don't think it's a sure thing that he's a first-round pick or maybe even a first half of the second-round pick. We looked at Kofi last year. It was too risky for him to go in. I don't think it will be after this year. He'll get picked somewhere, and I think potentially first round. So you're looking at a string of success on the court and on the recruiting trail, and it's the kind of thing worthy of a top 10 contract. Now, this will get approved by the Board of Trustees. You know, we can talk about whether or not, I mean, I know inevitably conversations come up when this happens, like, well, come on, should coaches really be making this much? I think Brad Underwood is one of those cases where when you factor in the rebuild and how quick he got it done, 100% it's worth it. And when you also think about Illinois fans and the amount of revenue that pours into this basketball program, when especially when tickets will be on sale again this year and people will be going and buying all this swag and now thank God the players can actually see some of that money themselves. Yeah, this is, when it is at its peak, a top 10 basketball program in terms of the number of fans that are invested in it, the revenue that's pouring into it, and then hopefully what coincides with that is the wins on the court. I think it will this year. I think any measurable, you'll be top 10. Tickets sold, revenue generated, wins on the court. And hopefully by season's end, they have a bit more than a second round exit to show for it because that would be the only concern at this point, wouldn't it? That you get this stigma of not being able to make a run in the tournament. I hope that doesn't happen. I don't anticipate it happening. I think the makeup of this team is actually maybe more conducive to a late season run. But I will quickly rescind that if we see another early season kind of stumbling effort like we did in the early going even last year. That was kind of a harbinger of things to come, unfortunately, in that Loyola game. You know, it wasn't a complete aberration what we saw Illinois do against Loyola. You had to go back pretty far to find a stinker like that, but they had stinkers last year. I'm hoping those stinkers become few and far between with this year's team. So kudos to Brad Underwood, man. I mean, when they hired him back in 2017, I remember thinking, well, that, that makes sense. And then he had his press conference and it felt like this personality that he had, it would play here. And I think it does. I think it does play here. I, I have had my frustrations with them when they were losing. And even last year, there were moments where this team had everything going and then you'd see a loss and scratch your head and think, what the, what the hell is that? I'm, I'm hoping that that can be chalked up to the fact that it was still just year four in his coaching tenure at Illinois. And maybe there is something to be said that, you know, if you're building a culture and building a program, there's still going to be remnants of years one and two when you get into year four. There's going to be these little blips and that those become more scarce as you go forward. But my God, I mean, it, it would be hard to grade what he's done as anything less than an A when you consider the context of what he inherited. That's impressive. So kudos to him. Thank you, Josh Whitman, for getting it done. This does not at all feel like when Bruce Weber got an extension, I think after 2007 or 2008, when things were clearly on the decline and you're thinking no one's going to come and poach Bruce Weber. So why are we extending him? Same thing, I think. Well, you see, the Zook extension, if I recall, I actually remember being at Brothers. <laughs> it might have been during winter break 
just when winter break started back in December of 2007, before the Rose Bowl, I'm pretty sure Ron Zook got an extension then. That made sense. I remember seeing that on the bottom line on ESPN and thinking, oh, yes, was really excited because it felt like we had our guy. Um, I think Underwood is a bit safer of a bet than Ron Zook. I, just, just a hunch. I think he's a safer bet than Ron Zook. And uh, it does appear to me like he got your guy. And the quote that Brad Underwood had about how much he and his wife and his family appreciate champagne, I'm not going to sit here and presume that he would not leave here for any other job. That very well may not be the case. Um, maybe a blue blood would come if he has another few years of success here. Um, but it does strike me as maybe that rare case where you got your guy and he has very little, if any, interest of ever leaving. And that was kind of what we hoped for with Bruce Weber, right? When you got him, you figured there was going to be more of a loyalty factor, I guess. And there was. I mean, he would have stayed here forever. He wouldn't have quit on his own accord. But this feels like maybe the best of both worlds, where you got a little bit of that Bill Selfian swagger, which I think Underwood has plenty of that. And maybe some of that Bill Selfian recruiting juju. And I think this staff that he's assembled might be able to keep up what you had before. Uh, but you also have the fact that he does not appear to be someone that would jump ship. I wouldn't begrudge him if he did. You know, I, I do think in this climate, you know, even looking back to the Bill Self thing, of course, that bothered me. I was in high school. So at that age, you're very impressionable and very sensitive to when your team loses or when a player leaves or, God forbid, your favorite coach of all time leaves after three years. But in hindsight, you could not begrudge Bill Self for doing what he did. I wouldn't begrudge Brad Underwood for leaving for a blue blood. I just feel a little more comfortable in saying that I don't know how likely that is. Famous last words, perhaps. We can uh, cue this up in five years after Illinois won a championship and made another Final Four, and he takes the Kansas job, because wouldn't that be fitting? But as we used to say on 93.5, you know, Lon and I would talk about if another team or another program came after your coach, that's fine. You know, we get these texts saying, well, you know, if you get this guy, he might leave. And I would always say, well, so what? That means he had some level of success. And for Illinois basketball, we were starved for any kind of success for a long time. You're going to make your third tournament in a row. And I know that that is a bit of a technicality. Two years ago, there was no tournament. Or last year, there was no tournament. But you will have three NCAA tournament caliber teams in a row. What probably would have been a six seed, then a one seed. And this year will probably be a one, two, maybe three seed. So I'm looking at this and saying, damn, like this is the kind of run that you were seeing in the 80s with Lou Henson. That sustained kind of success and probably a Big Ten title or some sort of Big Ten banner to boot. I think this team's going to get another bit of hardware this year. Maybe they'll finally beat Missouri. Please, for the love of God, do that. Um, but yeah, this is the stuff that I remember looking in the media guides and thinking, oh, I would have loved to experience that. Well, we are. So that's a cool spot to be in. I always like talking basketball. Makes me happy. <laughs> uh, it didn't for a while, as you know, why I took such a break long break over the summer. It was not making me happy. I don't think it was making anybody happy thinking about Illini sports. I'll tell you what is not making me happy. Illini football. What a transition. Uh, you know, with, the, with what happened on Saturday, I thought that Isaac and I, the game was such a cluster that our second half reaction pod, which was mostly just the fourth quarter, because I don't know if we could have bore talking an hour and 45 minutes about this football team. 
But in the hour that we did talk, I think we covered most of the macro concerns and some of the micro concerns. Let's start with the obvious and not get too much further than this. This is not a good football team. Okay, stating the obvious. Is it a talent issue? Yes, it is clearly a talent issue. This leads to the question, were we bamboozled as fans? Like, did we allow our natural inclination to think, oh, they're older and, you know, if everyone's healthy, we might be able to win six games this year? Yeah, we might be guilty of that. And for, for that, I apologize myself for maybe buttering things up a bit. Maybe I look foolish. But keep in mind, I was talking modest expectations. You know, five and seven, I would have been fine with. Six and six, I would have been over the moon. Anything more than six, give me a break. But anything less than four, well, that's a, that's a problem because on one hand, it becomes more of a difficult sales job, I think. And while you do have a lot of recruits in the 2022 class, I don't know how much you have in the way of game-breaking sort of guys. You got people you can probably develop into Big Ten caliber players, but you don't have a lot to change the course of what this team can do next year. Now, Bielema said this week that he plans on bringing in about 10 transfers. That'll help. There is some talent on this team. And if you want to try to take a glass half full approach to a glass half empty situation, a lot of the guys that are leaving next year, these super seniors, what are they doing for you right now? I mean, really, what are they doing? They aren't very good. So maybe before we, you know, I, I spent a couple minutes there trying to get a little nuance in this conversation, but I ended up at the same place I started. Maybe they just aren't that good. Maryland's a bad matchup. You know, we know it. Maybe Maryland's messy enough where they let you hang around. But as Trevor had texted me and Isaac last week, do you have any faith that when it comes down to it, Illinois is going to get a stop when they need it? And then on the other side of the coin, even with Brandon Peters coming back, do you have any faith that if he had to go down and get you a score, or if he has to go down and get you six scores, just keep pace with Maryland, do you have faith in this offense and Brandon Peters to do that? I don't. You know, Maryland might not be the prettiest of teams, but keep in mind what they did to you two years ago. I think this just screams bad matchup. I would have probably thought so before the season, but I also thought by this point they'd be 2-1. and one. Not 3-0. and oh. Not 3-0, and oh, but 2-1. and one. Because, come on, you got to beat UTSA. I don't care what anyone says. You got to beat them. And you didn't. So here we are, midway through September, and already a lot of the mojo and the juice for this football program has evaporated. And there's this sense of here we go again, and fans are just tired of it. The casual fans and the hardcore fans alike. You know, it's going to be interesting tomorrow as we we play this show, and I'm, I'm excited. I love Friday night football games. I think it's cool. I would love one of them a year at Illinois. And I'm not a high school football guy, so it's easy for me to say that. Uh, but I'll be interested to see how much is popping in the lots beforehand. You know, if this team were 2-1, and one, if they had just beaten UTSA, I think fans would have been a little bit more forgiving of losing at Virginia, and they would have chalked it up to, well, road game. You lost to a Power 5 team. They look pretty good. Yeah, shake that off. You're 2-1. and one. Let's play, play Maryland on Friday. But it came to a screeching halt. And not even a screeching halt. That makes it sound like exciting. Everything ended with a thud. That's Saturday night against the UTSA in terms of fan energy. You know, the energy that people are going to bring to the stadium with them the rest of the year. Which is to say, probably not a lot. Now, maybe I'm underselling this 
and the fact that it's going to be a gorgeous September evening. We'll get people out and get people over to the lots after they get off work. We'll see about that. We'll see. I, I hope so. Because, I mean, otherwise, that's going to be less people to wander through Grange Grove and check out that little band on the stage over there. You know, hopefully, the, the more the merrier, I say. Um, but it's a shame, you know, because I, I can remember distinctly the feeling just, God, this would have been coming up on two and a half, three weeks ago. You know, I went to that music festival in Lexington. Phone service was bad. But when I found out Illinois won, that alone... It just felt great. I had this like kind of half smile on my face the rest of the day. And not just because it was a music festival. I was happy enough to see My Morning Jacket and all these other bands and stuff. But you add in the fact that Illinois won their opener in the Brett Bielema era against a Big Ten team. And I felt great. And I spent a couple hours when I got back to the hotel just watching the replay and watching press conference stuff and, you know, taking it all in as apparently every Illini fan did. Like I mentioned how the post-Nebraska podcast was the most listened to in 200-level history. And I know how crazy it got back in March, when in February and March, when Illinois was making their run in basketball. So it's a shame that there's not more going into this Maryland game. It would be a bad matchup anyway. But now it feels like Illinois fans have this sense of inevitability. I just hope the team doesn't. Because if you think about it, they could lose tomorrow against Maryland. And I think we all expect that. But if they just show a little something, like it doesn't have to be much. You don't have to win, guys. I promise you. But if you can somehow lose, let's say, 34 to 28, show signs of life. Show signs that you can hang with a team that will probably go like, what, 6-6, six and 7-5, six, and five, being over there in the Big Ten East. Show that you can hang. Because I hate to say this, it doesn't get a whole lot easier from this point. Purdue was at Purdue. I don't know how much I like that matchup. We saw it last year. They still were able to hang up 34, 35, 42 points. Not much of an issue, right? Minnesota, I know they've lost their great running back, but what did they do to you last year? Really, if you look at what most teams did to you last year, you don't feel great about it. You already played Nebraska. Can't play them every week. Rutgers, I mean, you get them at home, but they're playing, you know, let's say serviceable football. And that's what's scary is the last two weeks were not even serviceable. It was incompetence. And that is a scary place to be for a team this old. Um, I don't know what the rest of the season holds. If you were to say what's the most likely outcome, I would say three and nine or four and eight. I think just by the nature of college football in the Big Ten West, you find your way to another couple wins. But the problem is the other sure win on that schedule was Charlotte. And I don't know if that's a sure win anymore. They're a pretty decent mid-major, which isn't this great? <laughs> like, what kind of luck is this that we have, you know, the schedule made five, six years in advance, and it just so happens we're getting UTSA, Virginia, and Charlotte all at their peak. That's a little bit of bad luck, but you're still a Big Ten team. You got to beat UTSA and Charlotte, regardless of how good they are. But that just speaks to kind of where you're at. You know, you aren't in a good place right now. Um, that's all I got for tonight. You know, the game's on Friday, Friday night. You're probably going to be listening to this the day of. And if I were to guess what's going to happen here, I don't feel good about it. I'm going to say 45 for Maryland, and I'm going to say Illinois with 24. And that's not a final score I think anyone would feel good about. But I also don't think it's a final score that anyone would be shocked by or surprised by, mildly surprised by. It just seems like where this team's at right now. So 
by going in with low expectations, it won't take much for Illinois to pleasantly surprise me. And man, just imagine, like, you know, at this point, you're one and two. And let's say you somehow can eke out a win against Maryland. And to do so, you got to put up a lot of points. I mean, it ain't going to be no 20 to 17 final. You got to put up a lot of points tomorrow. It just so happens that two of the best wide receivers, according to Pro Football Reference, or uh, Pro Football Weekly, I think, they do the PFF scores, Pro Football Focus, I don't know. <laughs> but they do these scores, and two of the top 10 wide receivers, I think, in the country are on Maryland. And we know Mike Loxley. Like, yes, there can be some inconsistency, and I don't think he's going to turn that into a great program, but he's already got an identity. They have a high-flying offense. They're probably going to be a bit messy, but they're going to be fun. And if I remember the 07 Illinois team, there was the game at Iowa where the offense really didn't get going. But for the most part, that offense was fun. And you coupled that with a pretty good defense, right? Maryland's defense, I don't know if they're anything to write home about. They probably are not. And I think Illinois will score. That's why I said 24. But unfortunately, with Illinois' own inconsistency on offense, it's difficult to imagine them just putting up 35. Prove me wrong, guys. Please prove me wrong. Because we're going to get done at 7.30. I'm going to pack up. I'm not going to go into the game because we got two shows on Saturday, and I just got to come back and chill and, and not talk, <laughs> not cheer for sure, and just watch. So surprise me. For the next 200 level, we're probably looking Sunday after I get back from our gigs up in Downers Grove. Um, so again, just a reminder, Grange Grove, 6 to 7.30 on Friday night before the Maryland game. Come say hi. I'll be around before, I'll be around after, and then you can check out the band a bit. I think you'll enjoy it if you like rock and roll music. We've been playing well, and this is our last real go-around, um, our last go-around locally for maybe the year. We don't know what the fall looks like just because of COVID and, and venues. There aren't many venues in Champaign anyways, so we're kind of winging it going forward, but this is the last sure thing for 2021, and we're going to have a good weekend playing music, and it would be an even better weekend if Illinois can somehow get a win. That, it would feel good. It would feel very good if they did. Bears, uh, hell, don't even get me started on that. Do not get me started on the Bears. Okay, that's it for this episode of the 200 Level. Real quick, DP Doe, online at dpdoe.com. You can get a custom zone with any toppings you want or one of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. Go online to dpdoe.com and order today. That's dpdoe.com. Rector Construction, online at rectorconstruction.com for all your home exterior needs, everything from uh, decks and patios to... Oh, God. I mean, here's what you do, okay? Because I could go through the laundry list, but they have pictures on Rector Construction of the great work that they've done. And I can also speak knowing other people that have used Rector Construction, knowing some of the guys that work there. This is great craftsmanship and superior customer service. So go online to rectorconstruction.com for a free estimate today. State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com, life, auto, home, business renters, you name it. I mean, any kind of insurance, State Farm prices, and great service, of course, from Brian and the folks over there at the State Farm Agency. That's brianismyguide.com. And finally, 4th and Kirby online at 4thandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200 level for 10% off your order at 4thandkirby.com. Swag for football and basketball season. I'll be wearing one of those, I'm sure, tomorrow in Grange Grove. All right, we got to get out of here. So see you tomorrow, Grange Grove, decadence 6 to 730. Shameless plugs are over. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and see you soon. It is the 200 level.